Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 115, May Tripper. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. I thought you were going to say May Trippin'. What, what was May Tripper? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Well, I thought about it, and you know the Beatles song, Day Tripper? It, it got in my head, and that's where I was going with it. It just clicked. Here in the UK pavilion in Epcot, somebody was covering the Beatles, and you went from Day Tripper to May Tripper. Okay. There you go. I, I mean, that's that's all I can say. So what, the premise of this episode, what we're going to talk about tonight, Tom and I have another trip coming up in May. This will be Tom's eighth trip this year so far, I think. That'll be my first. It'll probably be more than that. On, oh, oh, this year in 2020. Yeah, maybe. 2020, 2020. Yeah. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna plan this trip out kind of live on the air for you guys. This is gonna be a crowd fund or a crowd sourced trip as well because uh, we're gonna be soliciting uh, suggestions from you guys as well. Now we do have to make fast pass reservations pretty soon for this trip, but. Uh, but yeah, we'd we'd love to get suggestions and feedback from you guys. Tell us what, what you think we should uh, we should do. There's a, there's a couple things that we want to hit, but otherwise it's pretty wide open, right? Yeah, I think this will. I mean, I yeah. Generally, we have our plan, right? Um, but flexibility is as long as we hit Epcot at some point Saturday. I think we're we're pretty flexible on everything else. Yeah, I think so too. So, Pete, I know we need to jump into the news, but but prior to doing that, I did want to mention our Patreon. Um, you know, th- this month we'll have one uh, that just released, and hopefully, uh, we'll definitely one more this month in the month of March. Um, essentially, the Patreon is you know thirty minute to hour long episodes. I think our most recent one was a touch over an hour. Uh, but what we're doing is is just talking Disney. We're continuing what we're doing on this platform and just giving you more frequency in the episodes. Uh, I would say we're a little more uncensored. In those episodes, maybe we dive in a little deeper uh, to our trip review, and maybe we offer more colorful opinions on things. I would say the the Patreon is more of an adult only. Um, it's adult only content. I mean, it's while we strive to, to be very family friendly uh, here, I think the Patreon probably focuses more on doing Disney as adults, uh, and in some cases with no, no children either. I think colorful is a good way to describe it. So yeah, I encourage you guys, if you are at all interested to uh, sign up, give us a listen. We'll continue to try to provide more content uh, for, for our Patreon subscribers as we go along. So with that, let's uh, let's go to the news for this week. So guys, a lot of, a lot of uh, news we don't like to report here. But before I get to that, I do want to explain that Pete and I have used, utilized this extra time kind of being tra- banned from travel with work and being stuck at home to get ahead on some episodes. So the next few episodes we've pre-recorded and they don't discuss the coronavirus or the closures that we've seen at Disney World at all. Uh, and then moving forward, we're not going to have a ton of news for you because a lot, uh, you know, things aren't happening at least for the next two weeks. And so I do want to dive into what has occurred at Disney World, what the what dates um, things were going to affect. Obviously, we're recording this news on Monday, March 16th. This episode will release to tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, March 17th, uh, and a lot of things have happened. And so we're going to dive into that, discuss a little bit. What does that mean? 
Uh, so maybe a touch longer, more of a conversational news piece than actually reporting the news. So to start, obviously, Disney World has announced all of their parks, uh, cruise lines, will be Disney Springs will be shut down, uh, effective today, March 16th. This is the first time that I think every Disney park has ever been shut down. And so this is historical, monumental. I hate it for all of our listeners um, and our Twitter friends who had trips planned or who were down at Disney World. Really unfortunate timing. My wife and I had a my wife and I had a trip planned at the end of March, and that certainly has been impacted as well. And so it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but it, it, honestly, Pete and I believe you need to Take care of the people in our country. Do everything you can not to spread this disease. Let's get it behind us and move forward. So a couple dates to keep in mind. As I mentioned, Disney World is now closed, effective Monday, March 16th. Uh, there are YouTube videos of the last night at Disney World. Transportation will shut down. Is it the 17th, Pete, or the 18th? On, on the on the 8th. So the morning of the 18th, all transportation will be, will be done. So through Tuesday, they're running transportation. They're not starting Wednesday. Uh, Disney Disney's resorts will close Friday on the 20th, and the college program has been canceled. Everyone within the college program currently will receive a check mark as completed, but the college program students have been asked to relocate from Disney World, go back home. Um, they do have to. They do have to evacuate. And also, all. Uh all Disney-run stores at Disney Springs will be closing on March 17th. So none of the none of the stores will be open. There may still be some stuff open at Disney Springs, but everything that is Disney-run will be closed on uh, on March 17th. And again, this is this is in line with the guidelines that have that have come out. You know, trying to you know social distancing, keeping people uh, keeping people away from uh, from other people, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean today, oh, we saw the president. Uh, issue a social distancing and group gathering of no more than 10 people. So that, that's impossible at Disney World, at, re- at pretty much any restaurant, bar, public event that you could see. Our country is certainly experiencing some turbulence. And we, I, I don't know when the end is going to be. Will Disney open back up April 1st? I don't know. Now, as a result of this, they, Disney has announced that they're, they're going to do a couple of things for guests. A, obviously, if you had a trip that was planned during this this window where they're closed, you can either reschedule or cancel without any kind of penalty. I'm pretty sure that they're waiving penalties or cancellation fees or anything like that for trips just in general right now. I know they're also ex- extending annual passes and table in Wonder- tables in Wonderland for the, you know, however long they're going to be closed. So if they're closed for two weeks, they'll extend both of these for two weeks. If they're closed for longer they'll extend both of these for longer they're also working with dvc members i know we have a couple of listeners that are dvc members they are working with dvc members to refund points and to ensure that those points can still be used so disney is working with people i saw a woman on twitter that really kind of ticked me off you know her her 10-day trip got canceled her 10-day trip at the grand floridian that was going to be the trip of a lifetime for her got canceled and she was posting on Twitter that she requested Disney put her in the castle suite to make up for it. Look, Disney's got a lot of problems right now, right? I mean, just some back of the napkin math that I did with a buddy of mine the other day, you know, it's, it's costing Disney. I, I think we determined a quarter of a million dollars a day to, to stay open somewhere around that ballpark. I mean, if you figure 
They've got fifty to seventy thousand, seventy-five thousand employees working. It's a lot of money that it's costing them to be closed. So obviously, this is impacting those of you that have vacations, but uh, but it's impacting a lot more than just that. So I think that's really the only commentary that I want to make on it is just just have some consideration for other people that are impacted other than yourself. Yeah, I think that's one thing we've seen through Twitter. I don't, I don't want to say necessarily our followers have been tweeting these kind of things. But this, think about this. I mean, cast members are losing losing financial support um, after a certain period. So we do need to be cognizant of that. We all love Disney World. We all love vacationing there. I know a lot of our listeners do like our podcast because we're an out-of-state podcast. We're not the locals that get to go every day. So we have a unique perspective. So we understand the hurt that you all may feel with your trip being impacted. We have trips being impacted, maybe multiple trips. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough. But seeing the bigger picture... We understand the cast members that make the, the magic. They're feeling this much closer to home than we are. You know, we're, we're able to hopefully continue to work and, and receive an income. But I, I do uh, thoughts and prayers with our listeners who are impacted by this from a financial standpoint as well, because this is a challenging time uh, for our country. Uh, on the lighter side, I do want to address there are some po- I don't want to say positives, but I mean, there are some things that could come out of this on the other end that would make the park experience more enjoyable. We have heard rumblings that not only has construction not stopped, but Disney has doubled the crews that will be working on these projects. No guarantee. what I have no idea what that's going to look like when we get out of this and to the other side of the tunnel, but you have to think they could be able to do significant work and make significant progress when the park is closed 24-7. Now... (laughs) In light of this, you have seen some cuts come. The drummers in Japan have been cut, and British Revolution has been cut in the UK Pavilion. So, and I do want to make a comment on this: is we've seen this news come out, you know, on on fa- various Facebook posts, Twitter posts, whatever. I'm wondering, and and again, I don't I don't know if this is true or not, but you've got to think that a lot of these folks are here on on work visas, right? So a lot of these people are. You know, obviously, the Taiko drummers, they're here on a work visa from Japan. So if they can't work, there's really no way to extend that work visa. So do these people come back? Do these performers come back? You know, we've seen, uh, what's the juggler in uh, in Italy? I think he's, he's, it was announced that he's done too. So, you know, do these, do these folks come back once the park opens? I don't know. I certainly hope so because I can't imagine a day at Epcot without stopping to watch the Taiko drummers in Japan. 25 years. They've been there 25 years. 25 years kind of conditioned you to be (laughs) waiting for that. And Pete, that's a good thought. I don't know. I mean, what I've seen so far is that it's terminated. I don't know what that means. And and there's not a lot. We don't have a lot of answers for you. I mean, we're going to continue to give you the most up-to-date data that we get and the, the rumors that we hear, but it's really, really quiet on that front right now. Yeah, not not a whole lot of news is forthcoming. And again, because nobody knows really, right? Nobody really has any information. Nobody knows how how rough it's going to get. Nobody ultimately knows the impact of of this. So we are hearing rumors that the parks will open again. Uh, I'm hearing rumors right now that it's going to be the end of April before they open again. Now, whether or not that's the case, who knows? But... uh, We'll continue to keep you posted as, as new news comes out. One other thing that I want to mention that I'm really sad about 
Do you remember going to Hollywood Studios, driving under that blue bridge? You know what I'm yes. talking about? Yes, I do. They're tearing it down. Really? Yep. It, the road doesn't go under there anymore, so they're tearing it down. Now, that, that's that been in the works for a while, correct? It has been, yes. But they're, it's it's just been sitting there. You know, they've yeah, because I drove the, by it last time we were there. Yeah, they've taken all the signage down. They've taken all the, you know, there were characters parked outside there. They've taken all that down, and they are now demolishing that bridge. Well, that certainly is unsettling. There's a lot going on, guys. I mean, I, I hate that, you know, that uh, on a positive note, we, we should be able to, to build up quite a bit of content for you all to uh, release each week and not have disruptions there. I will, I will say we may have an opportunity to ramp up some of the Patreon. I don't know. I know we're, we're thinking about two episodes for March with some of the free time we've generated. Maybe we drop a third or a fourth. Maybe we have a whole episode on, hey, the impacts of coronavirus, both the, the pros and the cons, as it relates to Disney World. Ultimately, this is a con, right? We're not happy that this is here as you look across the landscape. But this is a Disney World podcast, and we're going to continue to focus on Disney World. Absolutely. And like Tom said, we, we, have, uh, we have had the opportunity to pre-record a lot of stuff. And so it's, it's pretty much just going to be business as usual for us, right? We are going to – we have an episode coming up planning our, our trip in May – and, you know, we are proceeding at this point as though that trip is still on, you know, and, and until we hear different, we're certainly planning on going in May. So business as usual for us. We uh, again, we're not going to we're not going to bring this up a whole lot, but we did want to address it uh, tonight. So, Pete, is there any other news items that I mean, I know we've talked about the dates. We've talked about some of the impacts. We've talked about the, the college program, some of the uh, projects and construction work. Is there anything else out there? I'm I'm sure there is, but nothing is nothing as big or as pressing as this. You know, it's it's kind of depressing, right? Because I I don't think in either one of us thought that this could happen. I, I really think that when when this news came out, that we were both pretty shocked about it. But it just it just speaks to the the levity of the situation. Yeah, I, I would tell you that I I didn't see this happening. And but however, when I saw the NBA suspend games, I saw the NCAA tournament cancel altogether. I saw spring sports and colleges cancel altogether. I think I texted Pete and I said, hey, when, when is Disney closing? It has to be happening. And now the CDC's recommendations are no gatherings larger than 10 people. Well, you know, I, I know Disney has an exemption and they can make their own decisions, just like large businesses, over 500 people can make their own decision. Um, but if, if the recommendation from a health standard standpoint is that no more than 10 people I mean, think about how many people get crammed into the pre-show at Tower of Terror. More than 10 people, and you're not six feet apart. So I just don't I don't know how the parks could have operated. You know, you ride single rider on Expedition Everest. You're riding with a stranger. You know, you probably don't touch, but maybe you, you when you step into the ride vehicle, you both grab onto the same seat. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of complications to go with it as we continue to see other things stretch out through April and into May, what will Disney do? I would tell you, I think there's a lot of fear around people traveling to Disney World right now, traveling on, on planes for domestic flights right now. So if if you're someone who is a risk taker, I don't want to advise you one way or the other. I don't want to give our opinions on, on the matter. But if it opens back up and there are flights going there, I would assume you'd see very low crowd levels because people don't want to, they don't want to, they're, they're, they're doing their civil responsibility, their civil duty of staying home, listening to our health leadership, our president, uh, what has been advised for us to do. Yep. And 
So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just say that we are going to continue doing this podcast again as if everything's normal, even though it's not. And hopefully this podcast will offer some some sense of escape for those of you that have been impacted or that uh, that are worried about this. I know I can sit in my office and watch the news all day long, and uh, you know, frankly, it, it it's it's scary sometimes. So hopefully this. Uh, Hopefully this podcast and our future podcast will offer you some kind of solace from uh, from those fears. And again, hopefully we can get back to the status quo sooner rather than later. Last thing I'll add, I do want to end on a positive note. I'm sure a lot of you are Disney Plus subscribers. Frozen 2 was released, what, three or four months early, I guess. And so that is available to stream. Not that I know any rumors, but I would not be surprised if Disney continues to throw shows out early. They do need to generate revenue for one, but two... Uh, happy customers is what they're what they're striving for. So pay attention to that. I mean, I, I was excited. I have not seen Frozen 2, so my wife and I will be tuning in at some point. But yeah, that's it for me, Pete. All right. I think that's all the news we have. So let's pause for just a second now to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Man, so this is this is going to be my first Disney trip of the year. Pretty fired up. Yeah, it's it's. I'm really excited about it. You know, it, I, I guess I've noticed since having the annual pass that I do find more weekends to get to Disney. But the thing that I'm I'm really most excited about is Disney hasn't become stale or dull. You know, I'm I'm just as excited for every trip because they're all really unique. And Pete, I think this one's going to be even different than the ones we've done in the past to to a degree. I mean, we. We've got some serious attractions we need to hit, especially that you you need to hit, and our other buddy going uh, in Hollywood Studios specifically. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a couple of new attractions in Hollywood Studios that uh, that we're we're definitely going to make an effort to go uh, go see. Some new things at Epcot. There's there's just a lot that's changed. I mean, the last time I was down there was in October. I know that you've been significantly more recently than that, and I think you're going a couple of times in between. Uh, now and and the uh, the upcoming May trip, so you will continue to see those things before I do. But whatever, I got more kids than you do. I think that helps, you know, and and it helps that my wife is a huge Disney fan. So, uh, I mean, I, I Pete and I were joking here. I thought he said he was going to Disney next weekend with with all the discounts you can find on travel right now. And I and I started thinking in my head. I was like, "Well, my wife and I don't really have anything going on. I mean, I guess we could swing it, but I, I miss I miss her, Pete. So, um, let's start talking about it. I mean, let's start with with the dates and resort and go from there. Yeah, 
Sounds good. And I, you know, I do want to say that this year I am going to finally pull the trigger and buy an annual pass. I think I've got enough trips planned to, to justify it at this point. If not, whatever, I'll have an annual pass. It'll be cheaper to renew next year, right? See, Pete's going to put me in a bad spot because mine's mine's going to come up in August, and Pete's going to be just a few months into his, and the peer pressure is going to be ugly. And, uh, and this was a very intentful decision, too, right? To to make sure that I bought mine, you know, when yours was still active, and so that there's that over overlap, so that we do have the peer pressure going on. Make sure that you renew it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what I'm going to do. I, I mean, I mean you you can't say you have not gotten your money's worth out of that annual pass. And it, it's incredible to me the you know, it it hasn't even been a year since you guys activated it yet, but just the amount that the cost has gone up since you guys bought to now. I mean, it's we were looking at the numbers. It's what 3 or 400 dollars? Yeah, it's it's in that ballpark. Yeah, it was you know, we bought it a really good time. I I actually bought it um I guess February of 2019 and didn't activate it until August because I knew price increases were coming that year and figured, all right, I'm going to buy it now. We'll sit on it for a while. I wish I would have, I wish I would have bought a couple, honestly, because they've gone up in price. And yes, I mean, even living where I, I'm living, I'm, I'm seven plus hours away, uh, drive time, still find ways to make it down there for a weekend trip. Yep. Yep. And as, as flights get cheaper, you know, as, as cities start offering more direct flights to Orlando, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to get down there, right? When the when the flight is forty nine dollars one way or sixty nine dollars round trip. Yeah, if you have Allegiant or you have Spirit or you have Frontier, you can find fairly inexpensive flights. Uh, I think I the trip I have planned late March, two tickets round trip and checking a bag. I think the total was one hundred and six dollars. It was something wild. That's insane. Uh, yeah, I, my, my wife found it. It's, it's getting there late on a Thursday, flying out late on a Sunday, which is actually perfect. You're only using one day of vacation, and you're getting three days at Disney. All right, well, yeah, let's let's talk about this trip. So middle of May. Right now, I'm scheduled to get in Thursday night. You're scheduled to get in Friday mid-morning, afternoon-ish, something like that. Are the yeah, buddies fr- scheduled to get in Friday night? Yeah, that, I, think that's, I think that's a good way to describe it. If I could... If I can, for whatever reason, swing Thursday night, I'll be there. But uh, it looks like Friday is when I'll get down, and, and Pete, you'll be there Thursday night. Well, and if I tell you, if if the rest of the airline, you know, most most airlines at this point are canceling change fees or waiving change fees for for flights. If Spirit does this, I may go down Wednesday night, just spend an extra day in the parks, and. You know, I, th- I think we do need to address the elephant in the room, right? We do have this virus that's spreading, is expecting to spread. I don't think that, you know, in, in my opinion, I don't think that you're any more at risk to to catch it at Disney World than you are anywhere else. You know, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And so I think that you and I have, have both kind of taken the viewpoint on this that, well, you know, we're, we're just going to go and enjoy the parks like we normally will. You know, maybe we'll wash our hands more, we'll sanitize them more, that sort of thing. I know Disney's taking precautions and taking steps to do this, but, and, I, and that's not to make light of the situation. There are a lot of people that are impacted, a lot of people that will be impacted, and, and our thoughts definitely are, are with them, but I'm not, I'm not going to worry about it, right? If it happens, it happens, and, and we'll take the precautions that we need to. Yeah, I mean, there's not, nothing more really to add. Of course, we hate to see it. Like anyone, we don't want this to spread, and we certainly uh, don't like seeing people affected with it, much less see our, our families or friends affected with it. But you know, until 
you know, until there's a travel ban or there's something where Disney advises against it, you know, I'm like, Pete, I travel for work. So if I'm going to pick it up, it's probably going to be in an airport or something for work-related activity and not at Disney. But um, anyway, we are, as of now, we are still planning to take this trip in May. I think Pete has half-joked that maybe some folks will will not want to travel with what's going on and, and the parks will have a little bit of a lighter crowd. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what the impact of it is. But again, I I may go down Wednesday night if if I can get a uh, get the change fee waived. And at that point, I don't know what I'm going to do Thursday. I'll float around and do whatever. But regardless, let's start with the trip <clears throat> with with all of us there. And and so Friday, you know, right now I, I think we have a, a very loose plan. I'm not going to get in until late Thursday. I'm not going to have time to do anything Thursday night other than go to the hotel, go to sleep be ready to wake up in the morning because my plan is to go to Hollywood studios and, and try to do rise of the resistance. Yeah. So starting with Friday, Pete, especially if you're going to be solo Friday morning, I don't think there's a, a better place to go than Hollywood studios. You know, I, I think you get there 30 to 40 minutes prior to park open. You know, you only have to worry about getting yourself in the park and get yourself a boarding pass. And I think you, Again, I haven't been since Runaway Railway has opened, but I think you go ahead and start to position yourself. If you're not able to land a fast pass for this, start positioning yourself for, from a from a line standpoint while you're waiting for that boarding pass. Well, and this is really going to split the crowds. And I, I don't know. Again, I haven't been there. I don't know how it's going to split the crowds, but people for some reason seem to go congregate in front of Rise of the Resistance first thing in the morning, even though they can't get on it until their boarding group is called for whatever reason. But because of that, they're also in Galaxy's Edge and they go ride Smuggler's Run, right? Well, so that crowd's going to be split now. Half, you know, Mickey's Runaway Railway, half Smuggler's Run. I mean, are people going to Toy Story? Yeah, I think there's a lot more there now. I think that I think that morning crowd, and this is my experience. What, what they've done in the last couple, last time I got a boarding pass, they let everyone in the park and they held you right at the Chinese Theater. Now, keep in mind, Mickey and Minnie's was not open then, and so to the right. You could get to Toy Story Land. They would not let you walk through Toy Story Land to Galaxy's Edge. And then to the left, you could go left and they'd let you through the main entrance of Galaxy's Edge. And they'd hold you, they'd, but they'd hold you right there in that hub, for lack of a better term. I think you're going to see that crowd go three ways. I do agree that people do rush straight back to Star Wars Land, regardless if they have a boarding pass or not. They, they do jump in line for Smuggler's Run. People rush straight to Slinky Dog. And people rush will rush straight to Mickey and Minnie's. Now, say you say you land a fast pass for Mickey and Minnie's. I think you actually go right. You either go ride Slinky, or you go to the right and you and you just destroy Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror as many times as you can. Well, and I think my plan right now is to go in without fast passes because I think I'm going to book fast passes for Friday afternoon for Magic Kingdom. For Magic Kingdom, yeah. So I think my plan is to go in without fast passes. You know, maybe I don't get to do Slinky Dog. Maybe I don't get to do Smuggler's Run, depending on the single rider line. Really, the the two attractions that I 100% want to hit, well, there's three really, are Rise of the Resistance and Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway and Ogus Cantina. And I've got the Ogus Cantina reservation already at like 9.50 in the morning or something like that. So I think what I'll end up doing is going, getting the boarding pass, heading straight to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, maybe then at that point going over and doing... Rock and Roller Coaster Tower of Terror because I think the crowds are still going to be light over there at this point. And then floating my way back into Galaxy's Edge, seeing when my boarding group is, assuming I'm, I get one, going to Oga's, 
and really be done, you know, with Hollywood Studios by 10, 11, 12, something like that. And then, and then hop over to Magic Kingdom for the, uh, for the rest of the day. You know, I think, I think you could. And, and thinking about it in that light, because I kind of know what we have on the Saturday docket for now, that might be a good way to approach it. And, and selfishly for me, I, I'm definitely down to meet you over at Magic Kingdom at 12 or 1. Um, and this is where, and, and then walking in with three fast passes, you know, if we could land a, a space, a seven dwarfs and a splash, I, th- I think that would probably be our preference. If we can't get if we can't get one of those three, I, I don't know if you know Jungle Cruise is always a good time. Pirates of the Caribbean pops up. Haunted Mansion's a good one. There's there's a lot to do in Magic Kingdom. And this Pete, I don't know. Are we going to spend the entire rest of the afternoon in Magic Kingdom? Or are we going to make our way to to the Polynesian and Trader Sam's? Well, so this is where this is where I get a little uh, little hazy or a little fuzzy on the plans because you know right now the third guy that's coming with us, I don't think he plans to get to the parks until five o'clock. So my plan is to try to entice him with some with some early afternoon fast passes to maybe, you know, maybe get there at two o'clock, maybe get there at three o'clock, so that all three of us can you know enjoy Magic Kingdom for a couple hours and then yeah maybe head over head over to the Polynesian head over to Trader Sam's at five o'clock five thirty six o'clock. Now we need to be really careful about that I think because Trader Sam's tends to fill up especially on Friday night. Trader Sam's is going to be packed and I really. You know, just like anywhere at Disney World, I don't want to waste time standing in line for for Trader Sam's for an hour and a half or two hours when we could be, you know, we could be doing anything else. Yeah, so I, I think we, I just learned this the hard way on Trader Sam's and hitting it at the wrong time. We had a two hour wait for Trader Sam's, or it was a one hour wait that ended up as two hours last time. So I'm with you, Pete. I think if, if that's going to ultimately be the plan, we need to be really strategic in what time we get over to the poly. With the understanding that we can always bounce back to Magic Kingdom if we had to. Absolutely. And that's what I'm thinking right now is if we bounce over to the Polynesian 5 to 7, 5 to 7.30, eat dinner, have a couple drinks at Trader Sam's, and then maybe bounce back over to Magic Kingdom and you know one or two more rides and the, and the fireworks. And then really we're done at that point, right? We can call it an early night because I, because I think Saturday morning is going to be a, a very early morning for us. You know, as we're talking about this, I'm texting one of our buddies that's going with us because he's never ridden Rise of Resistance either. And obviously none of us have ridden Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. And so I'm asking kind of, hey, what's your preference? Because the the tricky thing is, Pete, you're probably in the best spot having a chance to go Friday and Saturday morning to Hollywood Studios from a, you know, having a possibility to ride Rise of Resistance. But there is no guarantee that you will land a boarding pass. And so... uh you know that that's uh, that'll be an interesting, I guess, dynamic of the trip as well. But so you know, we've jumped a little bit around here as we review. So Friday, the plan is Friday morning you're hitting Hollywood Studios. Your main objective is Rise of Resistance, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, and Ogas. Bonus bonus points you would give yourself if you do anything in Toy Story Land or you do Rock and Roller Coaster or Tower of Terror. Yeah, is I think so. It? And and okay. I think that I think that. I have a pretty good shot at doing Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, but just based on the popularity of the other attractions. And so then you're going to go fast passless until you get to Magic Kingdom that afternoon, and we're striving for a, you know, three or four hour just marathon fast pass session. Okay. At at, at Magic Kingdom, M- as much as we can get done in four hours, say four and a half hours. And then we end at Trader Sam's, or we end at, at Disney Springs, maybe. 
Yeah. And maybe we bounce back over to Magic Kingdom that evening. Just who knows? See where the night takes us. See what the, you know, again, it depends on the crowd levels too, right? So how about Saturday then? That, that Saturday's the big question right now. How um, do we handle Saturday? You know, my plan right now is, and it's really dependent on if we want to, as a group, ride Rise of the Resistance. I would not say no to a second shot at riding Rise of the Resistance Saturday morning. But I think what that does is is it effectively means that we have to make fast passes at Hollywood Studios for Saturday morning and sort of go into Epcot without any fast passes at all Saturday afternoon. Because Epcot Saturday afternoon is a given, right? It, it has to happen. So I just, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm, I'm in the camp of, I don't think we need any fast passes for Epcot because keep in mind, two of the three guys wouldn't have been to Hollywood Studios yet if we're going to go that route. I'm okay with or without Rise of Resistance because I have been fortunate enough to ride it a couple of times already. Obviously, I'd, I mean, perfect world. I'd love to ride it Saturday morning, but I don't have to. You know, if the group wants to do something else or, or just we don't get we don't get lucky with the boarding pass, it's the only sad part about that is you woke up really early and you got there and you're ready to roll and you don't get a boarding pass. But you do have, down. but you do have a lot open, and at that point you can roll over to to an Epcot or or whatever if you don't get. A That's why I think you have to build those fast passes. So regardless, your trip to Hollywood Studios isn't wasted. So you you may have a Mickey and Minnie's, or, or we may have a Slinky Dog, or uh, I I highly doubt we'd want to go the Smuggler's Run route for Tier One, um, just because we've ridden it a, a few times, and um, I think I like Slinky Dog better. I think Pete likes Slinky better. So yeah, if it, I think that Saturday morning you go fat, you you go. I mean, the the perfect trio of fast passes would probably be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Rock and Roller Coaster, and Tower of Terror as your two. Because t- keep in mind, the tiers have shifted now, so Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror are both tier two fast passes. So in in that sense, then you you finish up it. Maybe maybe we do an Ogas again on Saturday. Yep, and then and then we make our way into you know Epcot and the World Showcase via Skyliner. So which, actually, which would be cool, yeah. It drops us off in France, and we can start in the UK. I mean, we've always talked about needing to start in a, a different different country to uh, enjoy the World Showcase. So that's a dynamic that's different for us this time. Sig- significantly different, and it and it it changes the World Showcase, right? Starting in starting in Mexico, or starting in Canada, or starting in the UK, or France, or you know where because you're going to come in right by France, right there, right? Or or we go. Or we start in France and go all the way back around and still finish in the UK. Yes, yes. I mean, that's actually Pete. Maybe that's maybe that's what we do. That's, that's I mean, not a bad idea. We're talking this out live, guys. I mean, you're you're literally hearing the only thing we're missing is the, the other person that's going to be there. Uh, but he seems to be, you know, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, he actually joined my wife and I on a weekend trip recently. So, I think I think the 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 overarching theme here though is that. Rides at Epcot right now are not going to be a huge priority for us. I, I think that for me, Spaceship Earth is going to be a must-do uh, on this trip just because it is going away. It is closing, and it's going to be several years before before it reopens. But if we don't get on a test track, if we don't get on a – I mean, a mission space will get on because it always tends to happen. But if we don't get on a test track or we don't get on a and I mean, Figment will happen too, obviously, because Tom won't let it not happen. Regardless of how much we want it to not happen. But, uh, so I mean, there are some rides that we will ride, I think. But I don't know, this is a new experience for me going into going into Epcot completely fast passless on, on Saturday. And, and to be honest, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. 
You know, Pete, I think you I think we'd still have a halfway decent chance at a frozen fast pass late in the afternoon. Uh test track single riders is kind of the route we usually go. Mission space, we're not gonna need one. Spaceship Earth, I doubt we need one late at night, but I do know that's that's a priority for you this trip, right? With with Spaceship Earth closing soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think aside from that, I mean I think from the from a new standpoint, I, you you need to see the Epcot um gosh, the name is escaping me. The Epcot experience. The, yeah, the I do. Room. I do. You haven't been have you you haven't been through that, right? I have not, no. Because so we I didn't we didn't do it time. last time. I almost treat it like an extra country to the world showcase. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. But but you know what? I would completely, completely be okay skipping future world because it's such a mess right now. I mean and and to be honest with you, if we're going in through the international gateway, we don't have to go to future world at all. Even if we flit down to, you know, mission space or to figment, I mean, we're really avoiding the bulk of that. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I, I I can't lie to you. I just got really excited thinking of going Hollywood Studios to Epcot via Skyliner and just jumping right into the World Showcase. I mean, you're I, really I think, you're really excited about this. I think well because I hate starting in, I hate starting the World Showcase in Canada. You know, we we could we could even start slow if if you wanted to go see the Beauty and the Beast sing along, so you could kind of say you did it. I do think we need to see Canada far and wide, so maybe we see that on the on the wraparound. But yeah, I mean, it's that that's kind of our plan for the day. I, you know, that this is probably the part of the trip we really want some feedback on. Would you guys do Fast Passes in Epcot or Hollywood Studios? Would you flip the order? I mean, I, I think it's I think it's probably important for us to be there at Epcot through Epcot's closing time at night, just from a food standpoint. But not only that, if you you can't really flip the order because you have to be at Hollywood Studios first thing in the morning to try to get that uh, try to get or, that boarding group. Ask this, right? I mean, Pete would have already been to Hollywood Studios, so do we do Animal Kingdom in the morning? I mean, do we do a different park that morning and then go to Epcot? Well, I think if we I think if we go to Saturday, I think you'll see that we actually have an Animal Kingdom day planned on Saturday. Or I mean on Sunday, excuse me. But all, again, all this is still fairly fluid. It is. It is. I mean, we know that we know that we want to be in Epcot Saturday afternoon. Again, the rest of the trip is pretty much wide open. Now, getting up on Sunday morning after a day at Epcot, you know, a late night at Epcot is going to be challenging. So, which is why we, I think, are pushing Hollywood Studios off on Sunday. I don't think any of us really want to, to try to be at the park for rope drop on, on Sunday. Yeah, and that's why I think it's vitally important that if we do Animal Kingdom Sunday, we have to have a Flight of Passage Fast Pass. Yes, because there's, there's a chance that we're not going to make it to, uh, to rope drop. A fairly well, good chance, I would say. Because Pete and I are going to have to get our bag situation figured out because we're flying out late. Our buddy's driving. So, I mean, we'll have to figure out all that stuff in the morning as well. I think perfect world. I mean, flight of passage and really who, who cares what else? <laughs> I mean, killing jar safaris, I think. Yep. And if you get there early enough, you can ride Expedition. I mean, we rode Expedition Everest, th- what, 13 times in a row? If we were to get there early enough and we have a fast pass in our back pocket for flight of passage... Now, in that day, though, we actually rope dropped Flight of Passage and then just killed Expedition Everest for like an hour. Now, did we, we didn't do Navi River Journey that day, did we? No, because when we finished Flight of Passage, it was up to like a 35-minute wait. And it just, I, I hate it. It wasn't worth that. Maybe Pete and I, since it's just going to be us two in the park, we'll figure out a, a way to, to ride it that Sunday. To me, the main, the main thing for that Sunday, for me, is Satuli Canteen. Yes, absolutely. Lunch at Satuli's Canteen is is non-negotiable. I, I think aside from that, Animal Kingdom, it's I'd say it's growing on me, but it's still my fourth favorite Disney park. 
And again, it's it's like the, there's no real last place. But if I had to prioritize them, Animal Kingdom's the lowest. And for, but for my wife, it's the highest. So we go we go pretty, pretty much every trip. Now, and we always have the option. You know, if if we're done in Animal Kingdom by eleven or twelve o'clock, there's, there's three more parks, right? Yeah, and I, and I'll tell you this too. My wife and I, again, I just mentioned Animal Kingdom's her favorite park. She even still kind of like finishes Animal Kingdom by like one o'clock, and that's with the Satuli. You know, that's kind of seeing maybe one of the two shows, whether it's Finding Nemo or it's Lion King in the morning. And then we usually we usually go we usually go to Magic Kingdom after it. But yeah, Pete, I, I think there's a, a high probability we're done with attractions by the time we eat at Satuli. And then we just will probably check fast passes availability and wait times and wherever wherever we end up. I I'd put I'd put high money, I'd put high odds on the fact that we're probably gonna end up back at Hollywood Studios or or Epcot. Yeah. I would say so. And and then we'll we'll have quite a good time. We'll have quite a good time. So that's the plan. We don't really have a plan. We know when no, we're I, going. Yeah. We know we know where we're staying. We a little bit different this time. I, I think typically the last couple of trips we've stayed at the uh at the Doubletree, Disney Springs. For some reason the Doubletree was astronomically expensive. So we're actually staying at the B Resort and Spa this uh this trip which i've not stayed at before no i haven't either and and the double tree is usually good because it's it's two rooms you got everyone gets their own bed i mean it, it just it's a big hotel room and we'll have the same thing at the b we won't have two rooms at the b resort but we'll have the same space from that from the bed standpoint the double tree is a little dated so if, if i'm hoping for anything i hope the b resort is just kind of you know i stay in quite a, a ton of hotels so i hope the b resort is is up to a higher standard maybe but again we don't spend a lot of time in, in the at the hotel, at the resort. I mean, it, it truly is just the place to uh, lay your head before you go back to Disney. Exactly. It really, really ultimately doesn't matter where we're staying. As long as you get 60-day fast passes. Now, as we kind of look at, I know we've walked through a quick a quick trip planning here, or kind of the lack of plan. Pete, if you had to prioritize the new and, the new and exciting things at Disney World that you want to hit, I mean, where, where does that sit for you? Well, so for me, it, it's going to be Rise of the Resistance is, is number one, I think, without a doubt. And that's why, you know, I'm giving myself a Friday morning shot and hopefully a Saturday morning shot so that I've got two, uh, you know, two chances to go get a boarding group. Honestly, Tom, if, if I go Wednesday night and I'm there Thursday morning, I may go Thursday morning too, just, just to give myself three shots. And that may change my, that may change my, uh, my, Friday morning plans. You know, I think going going by park Hollywood Studios for me, it's I, I mean it's going to be Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway just only because I've done Rise of Resistance has nothing against Rise of Resistance as something that I really want to make sure we do. If I look at like a Magic Kingdom, I think Space, a Splash, and a Seven Dwarfs would be really I mean that that's top notch. If you if you land if you do a Pirates or you do a uh, Haunted Mansion, I mean, that's icing on the, especially for what we're, we're talking about a few hours. You know what I mean? We're not talking yes. about a full day dedicated there. And then I, I think, I think at Animal Kingdom, I mean, it'd be perfect if we could do Kilimanjaro and, and Flight of Passage. But Satuli is, is a priority for me. Trader Sam's is a priority. And I think Ogas is probably still a priority for me, even though it, it is really expensive uh, for, for what you get. And I will say one thing about Ogas. It's been open long enough now. Hopefully some of our listeners have had a chance to visit. Pete, I don't like sitting at a table. Yeah, you, like, you mentioned that. 
And I mean, does it? I think standing at the bar is the ideal because you're you're right there. You get the full attention. You get your drinks quick, and you can see everything. Here's my opinion. So yes, I think your sight lines are crushed. Depending on where you're standing in the bar, I mean, if you're on the far right side, you can't see the DJ. But if you're sitting down, here here's a few downsides to it. You're usually sitting at a table with two or three other parties, and so the waiter essentially has four tables in the, within this one table. So it's pretty difficult for the wait staff. Two, Pete mentioned sight lines, but three, and this is something that I don't think I really realized until my last trip at Disney. Disney is so go, 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 go. When you get a minute to sit down, you just get tired. I mean, everyone does, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And when you sit there and you wait 20 minutes, you know, for a, for a drink or food, and you're just and you and you've got strangers all around you, so you have you're not necessarily engaging in any conversation with the rest of the table, and your party is just sitting right next to you, so you're not you don't really talk to them. So I like standing. I think standing keeps the energy going. I think it 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 truly is a more bar like atmosphere. I think if they if they would change that because most people request sitting, I'm going to start requesting standing because I like standing better. I, I agree. And the other thing about Ogas is that now it's still crowded when you go right. The Ogas is never empty, but it has gotten significantly easier to get reservations. I think a lot more people are getting in just walking up than are making reservations now because I was able to easily get, I mean, I have a reservation for Friday and Saturday right now for Ogas. Very easily able to get those. So, you know, if you're going, definitely look, it's, it's a lot easier to go and it is worth going in. Even if you're, even if you're not a drinker, just to go in, get a non-alcoholic drink, see the atmosphere, see, it's a really cool place. It, it really kind of epitomizes what Disney was going for with Galaxy's Edge for me. So, so you can also go into Ogas and get a water and get a snack, or you can just get a water. They don't care. If you just say, I just want to poke in and look at it, they'll let you do that too. I agree with you, Pete. Uh, it, it is certainly worth worth the stop. But back to, yeah, my priorities, Ogas probably slides in there. And that's what I listed. That's kind of it. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a, a fairly relaxing trip. I don't think we're going to be running around too much. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta remember that you're gonna be with me, Tom, and and it's been several months since I've been. I think the the stress with you is the morning. Yeah, it's gonna be, and it'll really ramp up if you don't if you don't get to ride Rise of Resistance Friday. I may let you do Hollywood Studios on your own Saturday morning. I may just tell you I'll meet you after you do Rise because I I don't know if I want to if I don't want to hold you back there. <laughs> well, I I, I uh, I'm pretty good at getting everybody up and going, right? So, and, yeah. and you and you got to remember too. We'll have, I mean, we'll all be annual pass holders at that point, right? So we could we could always drive over if we needed to, or you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But we want feedback. What do you guys think? What would you do? Again, this is a very loose plan. We don't have we don't have anything set in stone. We don't have anything concrete. I think this is going to be a more relaxed trip. You know, Tom. I think back to the first Mendu Disney trip that we did, and there were four of us on this trip. I mean, we literally spent every minute of every day in the parks. We didn't, I mean, we, we did Magic Kingdom from 8 a.m. until what, 1, 1 a.m.? Too, too long is what we did Magic Kingdom, too long. But we just, we don't do that anymore, right? We have time to, to go to the resorts. We have time to go to a Trader Sam's. We have time to sit and relax. I think I like that a lot more. And it, that's a luxury. That is a function of us going to Disney a lot. And a lot of people don't don't have that, right? If, if you're if you're the type of person that gets down to Disney once a year, or once every two years, or once every five years, you have to have that go 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 mentality. 
Whereas I, I think, and, and one of the things I'm very appreciative of is, is the fact that, that we can go down there and, and have a more relaxing trip. Yeah, I, totally, I echo all that. Totally agree with you. I mean, I think about, we're talking about leaving Magic Kingdom after a couple hours to go hang out at Trader Sam's. Never would have done that in the past. Would have waited until Magic Kingdom closed. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely changed, but we're excited for it. And like Pete said, please tweet us or email us with any suggestions or changes or things you like about our plan. Uh, we love to interact with you guys both on Twitter and through email. Absolutely. Anything else to add? That is, uh, that's it for me on this episode. All right. Well, let's go to the uh, trivia question in secret for this week. What do we got? So, secret of the night. This is something that is kind of astounding to me, but I didn't know this. Did you know that it actually took 10 years of planning and 18 months of actual construction to complete the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in Frontierland at uh, Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World? So the 10 years of planning is kind of what threw me off. But I guess you think about this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been in the works. Uh, Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, for example, I think was six or seven years of planning. There was, I mean, there was a Mickey Mouse Railroad plan that's that's floating around. And I ha- I didn't really do a whole lot of research into it, but I think it's 40 or some year, odd years old. Yeah, so it's, anyway, that was kind of the secret of the night. Uh, trivia question from last week, we asked you, uh, this is, again, just a, a, an estimation, a guesstimation, but what percentage of all amateur photographs in the United States were taken inside a Disney park? It is an astounding 4%, which is ridiculously high, uh, in my opinion. Uh, these these are numbers that I found online and tried to fact check them to the best of my ability, but it's right there in that 4% range. Uh, so I appreciate the participation on that one. Trivia question for this week. What are the two original Disney Resort hotels? Uh, and I'm referring to at, at Walt Disney World. What were the two original Disney Resort hotels that were there on opening day? Uh, you can tweet us at Mendu WW Podcast or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at WDW at gmail.com. Also, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WDW. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.